Raw Reunion 2019. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary and Matt Morgan to talk about the Monday Night Raw that just finished. Uh, lots of old faces, lots of old stars, lots of uh, shenanigans ensued. Matt Morgan, what did you think of this episode? I mean, it's cool to see some of the old wrestlers, right, that you grew up watching, like really grew up watching, but, you know, some of the Attitude Era guys and things like that, but, you know, kind of a throwaway show. Yeah. Raj? Uh, yeah, so uh, on the positive side, um, I was I was never bored during the show, and, you know, mm -hmm. that's one thing. Ever since they started that thing with the, the no wrestling during commercials and having these really long matches that don't mean anything, the show has moved a lot faster. So I thought the show move pretty fast it uh and it, i was never bored on the but then there were a lot of negatives as as far as none of the current stars looked like superstars uh they didn't do anything to get new fans that are probably tuning in that haven't watched in forever that are watching tonight to see stone cold and hulk hogan they didn't do anything to make them want to tune in next week you know do a big angle with the younger guys uh, and also, they didn't use any of the older guys to help use the younger guys, no. to help get the younger guys over. Like, just not yeah. everyone, but do one angle where, and I, I mentioned this last week on Ryback's podcast, where you have the club take out DX violently. And they, had, they, you know, they did a little angle with DX in the club, but instead it ended predictably with DX clearing the ring of the club. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it, it makes the old guys look like the superstars. The young guys look like, uh, you know, they're underneath those guys <clears throat> they'll, they'll claim Sami Zayn. they try to give her up to is what they'll claim i know how they think and how they write and that i guarantee you in that writing room that's what they thought tonight him losing the ray mysterio with rbd <laughs> and them coming out to the ramp was him getting that rub i know that's how they think it's terrible yeah i mean the one angle uh, the one angle that they did was bray wyatt taking out mick foley and so and, and i thought that was pretty cool they should have taken out every single one of them. <laughs> every. That should have been the end of the show. I was waiting for that. I was like, could you imagine if Undisputed Era came in there and just took out Stone Cold, all yeah. those old timers in the ring? Like yeah. something. You know? Or at least Undisputed Era came out with, with the club and helped them take out, you know, DX and the NWO. Mm -hmm. But yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's frustrating. I mean, it was nice to see the old faces, but uh some of these segments were just lame. <laughs> Um, young talent for the most part didn't end up looking better, but uh, to your point, I think you're right, Matt. I think that they see it just by sharing the screen with these legends yeah. that that is somehow going to rise their uh price of their stock. Meanwhile, but, that was not the, the formula they used years yeah. ago during the Attitude Era. If Classy Freddie Blassie, May Young, Mula Hall of Famers, or Surefire Hall of Famers, they were getting their butts kicked even at age 90, 80, whatever ages they were, it didn't matter, they didn't. They're equal opportunity legend ass kickers. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. killed everybody, no matter who they were supposed to be getting a rub by. Or Randy Orton, you know, when he first started getting super yeah. over, they had him just crush these legends, you know, to, yeah. to get to the top. Yeah, it's true. Um, and it's weird, too. That's what makes me wonder how much of a hand Heyman had in tonight, because I would think he would understand the value of that and using this talent. And yeah. once upon a time, Upon a time, WWE even did. I mean, remember when uh, the club retired the Dudley Boys? I mean, that was like three years ago when that happened. You know, like they knew how to pass the torch. Um, mm -hmm. Tonight, we didn't see a lot of that. We opened up with John Cena coming live. Uh, Tampa, Florida coming out there. Crowd really happy to see him interrupt with the Usos. This, I thought, was actually a very good start. They uh, It did, was a good start. 
yeah, the Thugonomics callback, John Cena dropping things about their mugshots and arrests. Rikishi came in. Like <laughs> up until this point, I was like, I don't like this is weird, but I'm on board with it fully. It was good. I thought that was good. Yeah, I was hyped to see what came next. Uh, but then once the revival came on, I think it was the time when the Deadly Boys music hit and it was just Devon that I was just like, okay, this is gonna be weird. Yeah, it's almost like you should have had the New Age Outlaws in that segment or, or yes. someone else. When you have the Dudley. One Dudley come. Right, because the whole point was it being a tag team segment. And then Devon coming out, all you think of is the Dudleys not having Bubba there. They should have had another team. Now, that's a fa- not a favor, but that's, you know, Devon works backstage. He's already there. Um, it's a little, you know, tip of the cap to him, I guess, if you will. Sure. Right. But, uh, you're right, though. It wasn't within the proper context because, and they're thinking, they're like, oh, it's Devon Dudley, 3D, duh, that's tag team unit, Bubba. There, everybody knows what this means. Okay, but it's still one dude. So, no, we don't know what it means. Right. And Bubba was invited. He had turned it down. Interesting. Yeah. yeah him, Bret Hart, uh, Jim Ross uh, were the three that turned out invitations. Sid Vicious was supposed to be there tonight. He had been advertised, but you know, obviously he wasn't on the show. Well, um, well, well, hang on. Well, well, why did Bret Hart say no? Uh, it's, it, it's not known why he said no, but I could see it just being, you know, probably not having a significant role for him. So why do it? Hmm. SummerSlam in Toronto, less than a month away. You know, maybe yeah. make the extra trip. I don't know. Um, I bet you he shows up at SummerSlam in some capacity, maybe even at just the pre-show. I don't I, I think it's a waste of his, you know, again, you look at, Someone What's like he him. Do? He's not a talker. What are you going to do with him? Right. I mean, the way, he, you know, at, when he was at Double or Nothing presenting the championship, that was a, a great role for him because it it adds prestige to the title. It, it makes it seem like a big deal with Bret Hart doing it. but It does, but he is still awkward as F when he talks. He's not yeah. a promo guy. He never was, right? I'm not saying that's a crap on Bret Hart. It's Bret Hart we're talking about. But it's not the same thing as – you give Ric Flair a microphone or you give Jerry Lawler a microphone or you give uh, Stone Cold a microphone or Hogan even to a degree, the microphone. It's different. Bret Hart stumbles through his promos. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm sure WWE, because of that, probably wasn't going to give him much. And Bret probably didn't feel it was worth the, uh, worth the appearance because of that. It's like his biggest strength was wrestling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we got the Revival versus the Usos tonight. We've seen these guys go at it in recent weeks quite a bit. Um, tonight they did it with Devon there and Rikishi ringside. Usos ended up picking up the win in this non-title, non-title match. With the Usos and Rikishi celebrating in the ring. Devon was cool. with the Revival. Yeah. That was cool. Rikishi and his kids, I thought that was cool. Yeah, all made sense. Cena kicking off the show was was cool. He and him going away, not beating up anybody, um, not beating up any of the younger stars. So mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I thought this was a fine opening segment. Again, we saw we've seen the Usos and the Revival a lot over the past couple of months. So it would have been la- nice if this match, you know, had some sort of, you know, like if the Usos win, they get a title shot or something like that. Yeah. Then we went backstage, Alicia Fox and Caitlin with da- backstage with Dana Brooke. Tori Wilson was there. Santino Morello was there. Drew McIntyre interacted with them. Uh, just said legends, question mark, walked off. Uh, then we uh, had 24-7 action. We saw what happened at SDCC at San Diego Comic-Con with R-Truth, Drake Maverick, and Carmella. Uh, and then we're right into a match with Drew McIntyre versus Cedric Alexander. Uh, yeah, so... 
this didn't get an official ending. Um, and it ended, I believe, uh, just in a stare down. Uh, but Drew ended up, uh, pardon me, beating up Cedric a bit, giving him an apron bump. And uh, yeah, then they went to commercial. So that's continuing. Do you think this is a good feud for Drew, Matt? Cedric Alexander? Yeah. I, <laughs> no. I mean, I have to ask. People like Cedric. People like Drew. This is not a situation where it's just no, two great I things that go great together. Cedric, this, I like Cedric Alexander, though, a lot. I like his look and I like his work. Um, he's got some good charisma, too. I just think he needs a different opponent that he needs to be going over on, like a, a, a two-month storyline with not Drew McIntyre, somebody else, that um, he can go over on at the end of those two months, and it elevates him. Yeah, yeah. Cedric isn't at the point yet where him against Drew looks believable, and you know you can get there. I mean, AJ versus Drew looks believable, and AJ's not a big guy. Um, it, it's just you know getting that credibility and then being put in that situation. Otherwise, you look like an enhancement talent that got lucky. Well, and that's the story, right, Matt? With their size disparity, it either needs to be that the story is that Cedric ultimately wins um, this feud and stands tall, or that Drew demolishes him. But this idea, like, well, they have some competitive matches, and one week one guy wins, next week the other guy wins, that doesn't do either of them any favors. It doesn't. No, you're right. Um, one thing, did you guys notice they had the raw split-screen commercial, um, which they've all, they've been doing for SmackDown for a while, but they haven't done on Raw, so... Um, now they can probably stop doing as many two out of three falls matches or the resets, you know, I, I I'm guessing they only get a set amount that they could use per show, but this was the first time I've seen it on raw. Um, Drake Maverick got surprised backstage by the boogeyman. <laughs> he was terrified. Pat Patterson appeared pin Drake for the title with his foot on his chest. <laughs> Pat Patterson became for a brief time, the 24 seven champ tonight. Why not? Why should Why he? Not? Probably the only guy to hold the 24-7 and the hardcore championship, I think. So far. So far. What do you mean, an intercontinental? Right. I mean, because the 24-7, the hardcore are so similar. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, intercontinental, um, uh, Pat Patterson, so that match where he won the intercontinental title actually never took place in Rio de de Janeiro. So that's kind of what the, the announcers were referring to when they brought that up. Yeah. Um, after that, we had the Viking Raiders in a pretty short match against Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Did this put the Viking Raiders over if you're a lapsed fan, Matt, tuning in tonight? I don't know how to answer that, right? Because they did convincingly destroy the former tag champions. Did they not? Yeah. I mean, so if I'm like, if this is a scoring thing, right, and we're looking at a piece of paper and we're saying, like, hey, these were the former champions who just got waxed, blown out of the building by another team, I'd be like, wow, that other team must be pretty damn good if this was any other sport. But because it's wrestling, especially WWE, those former champions were meaningless as champions. So I, I don't know. At least it's a win for them, though. Sure. But by comparison, Ricochet tonight, I believe his only appearance was in that Burger King commercial talking about how awesome Ricochet was. Fine. Don't that is the definition of don't get any of this crap on you. This whole episode tonight with what, 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 what were they gonna do? Have them do a sing along with Jimmy Hart? What the hell were they gonna do? With him? Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Because okay, Ricochet, someone, yes, I'll pay for a match. I'd love yeah. to watch a match with him. Fine, but not one in which he's not gonna win. Yeah. And two, I don't want any backstage segments with him and what potentially they could have had for him. Okay, he could have been eating worms. Okay, I'm good with him not having any on him here. 
Okay. <laughs> So by that argument, you don't think uh, Mike Canellis backstage uh, getting, uh, you know, emasculated by Maria and then the damn from Ron Simmons like that didn't put Mike more over in your mind? No, but I did for one time. Mike Canellis drew me to 205 Live. I was clicking through YouTube, you know, wrestling. I was watching old Monday Nitros. I literally was watching LWL. That's how bored I was. I was I, I was watching old LWO clips. They just kept coming up, and I kept watching more and more. Anyways, somehow it came to the advertisement for 205 Live with Mike Canales. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to watch this. It's him and Drake Maverick. You know, they're about to get into it. And I watched it. I was like, I was actually really entertained by that. Yeah. Um, And then this. So so I don't know. I, I He's good. His, his promos are actually pretty good, too. I thought the promo he got on um, Drake on 205 Live was pretty pretty damn good, actually, and pretty funny because he's the most emasculated man on the planet, and he's telling Drake he's the most – you know what I mean? He's a win. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like they're two of the biggest jokes on Raw, and then they had a killer angle on 205 Live last week. That makes you want to see their match because they th- that is leading to a Drake Maverick, uh, Mike Kanellis match. So. I do want to see that, actually. Yeah, yeah same here. I, I thought that segment was fantastic. I agree with you on last so, week. So I like – I don't know. I, and then this happened. I don't know. Yeah, that round. If you're gonna have somebody emasculate you, it does deserve the exclamation mark. Damn, though. And, and Eric Bischoff, he he showed up here. Eric Bischoff, yeah. who started this week, and he did mention, kind of saying that he he would like to have Mike Canellis Mike Canellis on SmackDown. So it gives all kind of almost says like someone sees potential in him, and he might be being wasted right now. So that could yeah. be good. I agree. Um, <laughs> the club are now called the OC. AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows. Really putting this over tonight, talking about the original club, the original club, the only club that matters. The OC, the OC, the OC. Oh, my God. The club, though. Like, why? Did, how, why how could they have started with that? Can we rewind <laughs> back when they came? Did we attack this? Like, what the hell were they thinking? Like, I get, it can't, I get they can't be Bullet Club. Fine, whatever. But the club? Like me and my seven-year-old friends in my <laughs> home hideout treehouse in my backyard had a much cooler name. To our well, well, what was yeah, it, 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 uh, hold on, time out, Matt. What was the name of your friends? Your club, your treehouse club. It's Turnpike Terrors. What? Ooh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Sorry, Raj. Had to, had to know. No, no. Uh, and then as we grew up, it became Terror Squad. <laughs> much better than the OC. Yeah, no, the, the club, the problem with the club was it sounded like they're ripping it off the Bullet Club, but couldn't come up with anything more creative to just add to Bullet. So they just said the club, and it, it sounded lame. Yeah. It's a big called The Wrestler. <laughs> or The World Order. <laughs> so, yeah, no. It's, average, uh, average World Order. Instead, <laughs> right. so they go with the old World Order, but... um yeah, man. OC, it's uh, – I don't know who's coming up with these. You can make gang signs and stuff, though, I can imagine. But... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, on Twitter, it, it caught fire because of – That'll come. Because uh, uh, the OC being the name of a very popular show on the CW for many, many years. Oh, yeah. In the early 2000s. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, look for the new faction, One Tree Hill, followed by Seventh Heaven. <laughs> Just get them all in there. Um, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. They – Figured they, I mean, we like them I, together. We like them together. Absolutely. That's all you know. Yeah. Although we'll talk about what happened. I don't think it did them any favors. Uh, the segment they were in tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, want to take a quick moment. Thank the sponsor of this episode, which is Wix. W I X. With Wix, you can create a professional website all by yourself. 
Wix makes it so, so, so simple. Such a joy. Raj, I've been relearning WordPress for a project I'm working on. And oh man, I'd forgotten even with most CMS systems that are out there, even with most supposedly easy to build website tools, God forbid your hand coding. It is so difficult, so complicated. And Raj, how much time do you spend each year just trying to stay stay on the cutting edge of what's going on with the web? Oh, it's exhausting. HTML developments. And that's, that's the majority of my week. So it's... Uh... If there are nights where I, there are segments of raw where I can't seem to remember, chances are I'm handling some tech issue on the website. Oh God, and new devices all the time coming out, trying to make sure your website looks good on your phone, looks good on your desktop, looks good on your tablet, looks good on your TV. It can be difficult. Wix makes it easy. And that's why over 140 million people use Wix for their website. And you could start and publish for free. Choose from over 500 stunning templates or start from scratch. And they let you change, customize, and add anything you want. Your own text, images, videos, and more. They have hundreds of design features and apps to grow your brand online. And best of all, all sites include those built-in SEO, search engine optimization tools to make sure that your website is found by people that are looking for it, by people that you, that you want to reach. Those SEO tools make it so, so easy. And best of all, everything is automatically optimized for any device. I've spent years of my life trying to get things to look right on a phone and a desktop. Cumulatively years. Wix makes it so, so easy. They give you the tools you need to create the website you want. And if you have a business, millions of businesses use Wix. You can instantly connect with your customers, manage all your interactions in one place, use their advanced business features to boost your productivity, manage your workflow, meet your deadlines, build customer relationships, set up multiple payment options, start an online store, start a mailing list. Wix makes it simple, and we've got a deal for you. You can get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash podcast. You're going to get 10% off on a paid plan. That's Wix.com slash podcast. W-I-X.com slash podcast. 10% off. We thank Wix for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Yeah, and I've been using, we've been using Wix, my wife, I've mentioned many times, uh, since before they were even a sponsor. So, um, And we've been using them for years and are ex extremely happy with them. So. Absolutely, where it's at with Wix. Um, we saw backstage, Gerald Briscoe had the 24-7 title. He just pinned Pat Patterson, and then Kelly Kelly came up. She uh, charmed him with her feminine wiles and then took the title off of him with a referee nearby, becoming the first woman to hold the 24-7 title. Yeah, Gerald Briscoe. So he would be the second person to win the hardcore and the 24-7 title. Yeah. We're keeping track. Um, real quick, did you guys notice Alicia Fox was kind of like yes. treated as one of the legends? Yes, that made no sense to me. She's been there long enough. Well, she so she hasn't been on TV since April. So I think she's, maybe she's this may too. What's that? She's from there too. And I wonder if this also means like she's no longer considered a full-time main roster um, hmm. wrestler. She is yeah. still on the roster page, but so are Brie Bella and Nikki Bella. But it, that, that's what it almost felt like to me, like yeah. transitioning her to that legends role as opposed to a current member of the of the roster. She's definitely not a legend, though. Yeah. A lot of the people on the show aren't really legends. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Who can forget her classic uh, matches with Melina, Cameron's favorite match of all time, Melina versus Alicia Fox. Um, Alicia Fox had some good matches, though. She, she did. She's just, yeah. not a, she's just not a Hall of Famer or a legend. That's why. Yeah. Best Northern Lights suplex in the Nor is Molina, nor is Candice. Well, they were, they were there during that awkward time um, where... When I, was there, when I was there. Yeah. I came up with Molina. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a different era than it is now, especially as far as the women are concerned. Um... After that, after Kelly Kelly picked up the title, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe came out and said what a lot of people were thinking, 
that the Raw reunion special, these shows are a plague to WWE. <laughs> Went on and on, talked about, uh, you know, just the silliness of it, waste of time. This is taking time away from him practicing his art of violence uh, in the ring. And, uh, of course, he was interrupted by Roman Reigns, who took it personal because he was talking about uh, Rikishi and the Usos. Right. So uh, Samoan versus Samoan tonight. Uh, these guys faced off, leading to a match where they went one on one, and Roman Reigns picked up the win. Of course he did. Yeah, and of course Samoa Joe lost. I yeah, mean, that's that's why. It's uh, it's a shame. I mean, how they booked Joe over the years because he does, in with his promos and his character, he gives that vibe of being a true legit badass. Like he could really hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. And then week in, week out, anytime he starts to get some credibility, they start burying him. Yep, it's ridiculous. I mean, there was a time when he was. I mean, how many guys on the current roster do you think could be presented as a legitimate Nobody. threat to Brock Lesnar? Forget Brock Lesnar, just in general. How many people yeah. do you think they could walk into a bar on that roster and scare or intimidate or make nervous even? I'd say 75% of a bar, uh, the, the guys sitting at the bar, right? They're feeling like Johnny Tough guys, right? Joe will put the fear of God in them. Yeah. He, he's as legit as legit gets as far as believability, is what you're saying. Well, yeah. The rest of them, no. No, what are they gonna say? I do a really cool Hurricane Rana. Hey, I do a really cool <laughs> triple backflip. The five foot nine guy says, like, no. Yeah, and my point with Lesnar is he's only one of two guys. I feel like that has been been able to do that. You know, him and Ron. Ron. Yeah, yeah. Well, so apparently, uh, USA is replaying Raw right now. Of course, yeah. they are. They said Stone Cold Steve Austin, on. and they're replaying it tomorrow too before SmackDown. Wow, I don't blame them. Uh, Stone Cold's gonna get them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, going to do that old uh, podcast one trick and just add up all the viewings and be like, see how high our ratings are? If you add them all together, this was the highest rated Raw ever. Um, we just need to keep showing it until enough people watch it. I bet you even if they did that, it still wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, so, yeah, Roman Reigns got the spear on Joe for the pin and the win. And uh, then we had Miz TV with Seth Rollins tonight. Uh, Seth doing a pretty good um, Paul Heyman impression. What? <laughs> you thought that was pretty good? I mean, it was just, he committed to it. He oh even was doing God. like the Nixon lip blubbering and shaking his head. Oh, the crowd just groaned when he did that. He had, okay, he had something in this promo. Though. At the very end, there's something with his closeout line. There's something there. He's got to work on it. My opinion. It wasn't there tonight, but the verbiage is correct. He's just got to, I don't know what it is, but there's something there I kind of thought was, oh, there's a spark there at least. Is that him saying that um, when he he started saying how Lesnar is a Seth Rollins wannabe? Like, just no (laughs) one bought that. No one bought that Lesnar's trying to be a a Rollins wannabe. I'm like, this is the promo you give your top guy, who you know, who you've been pushing as your top guy this year on the same show that you have Steve Austin. You know, who you know is just going to cut a killer promo without telling him one thing to say. You know, he's going to, yes. you know, kill it. Uh, I don't know. I thought this. I thought this was a, a bad night for Seth. Yeah. I mean, com- competitively speaking, like that's exactly how I would have looked at. I would like call up. So Hogan's going to be talking tonight. Flair might be talking tonight. Stone Cold might be talking tonight. I've got to cut the biggest world beater promo I've ever cut in my life. Because I want to see how I stack up. Like that's how you gotta carry yourself. Yeah. Uh, so Heyman came. Sorry, go ahead. So Heyman no, no, came no. out. Heyman came out, interrupted him, hyped up their match at SummerSlam. Rollins is gonna lose. Yada yada yada. We've heard this all before. 
Rollins said, it's time to ignite the fire and burn it down. And then he walked off. I'm telling you, there's something there. I might be wrong, but I thought there was a little spark in that verbiage. He might not have accented it properly or whatnot because he probably felt corny after the promo he had to cut previous to that promo. To that, <laughs> right? To get there. But I don't know. Uh, Sammy Zayn came out and said he's not happy with the Legends getting TV time. And perhaps the line of the night, he said, this tonight was like the Attitude Era on FaceApp. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good but I, I mean if i was wondering any one of those kishi any one of them in the background it must have been so hard to not grab that mic and go dude you look like somebody who should be stocking a stock room somewhere right now what are you wearing why are you dressed like you're in the refrigerator you know in the back of a grocery store what are you wearing dude you're in tampa florida what are you doing <laughs> yeah that is a good point but uh I, I did think sammy cut the best promo of the young guys on this whole show of course he did yeah, because he's probably you gotta give him credit. He probably is the best promo, one of them. It's yeah. Sammy uh, Owens and, and Daniel Bryan, in my opinion, and Joe when he when he's allowed to. And who? Samoa Joe. Yeah, for believability factor. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Rey Mysterio took issue with what Sammy was saying. Kurt hey, Angle appeared. Hey, <laughs> I'm just gonna give the fans what they want to hear. Hey man, don't make fun of these. These are legends. Show respect. They paved the way. Would you say, midget? I'm gonna pave my. I'm gonna pave a road right through you. How about that? And then, and then he's, and they're about to get in beef. Kurt Angle comes in. Why wouldn't he? And he used to be a general manager of the show. And he says, "We used to be on Raw. And I used to be the Raw general manager. We used to make matches. We used to settle in the ring. So tonight, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna settle in the ring, even though I'm not the general manager of tonight's show. Um, and so be it." It happened. There was a match that after commercial break between Sami Zayn and Rey Mysterio. Uh, so for people that didn't watch Raw tonight, Matt Morgan's reenactment of Raw is better than the actual show. Right. <laughs> I mean, that sounded pretty damn entertaining. Yeah, like, I was captivated. Hey, don't make fun of these legends. <laughs> <laughs> and then he brought out, it was the most random group of legends he brought out. It was oh, God, yeah. Kurt Angle, Sergeant Slaughter, <laughs> Rob Van Dam, and the Hurricane. Okay, it's poor Sarge. He's my first wrestler I ever met as a kid, by the way. Sat on his lap when I was like seven years old. I have a photo of that still. Anyways, nonetheless, he's the one who threw that off. If it was the other three, they kind yeah. of fit, right? The same era? Yeah. And then just Sarge was like number two. Like You could hear the crowd. The crowd's pretty pumped to see RVD, and then poor Sarge's music. And they're like, who's this? Right. Yeah. It was a little rough. Um, before that match started, though, we got Kelly Kelly backstage with the 24-7 championship, Candice Michelle, Naomi, and Molina, and Alundra Blaze. Um, Candice need Kelly Pinder for the title because Molina now is a referee, apparently. Um, yep. and then Alundra Blaze appeared, choked out Candice, took the title from her, and then oh god, like foreshadowed the joke that everyone I think was knew was coming. Is saying she was going to be a 24 7 cha uh, champion and they better do something about it quick because she wouldn't be champion for long. Mm -hmm. She walked off, and then we got Rey Mysterio versus Sami Zayn with Jonathan Coachman on commentary. <sighs> I get tonight they wanted to include people. That's why Christian did one of the earlier matches. It makes sense, but I don't think you know he necessarily added anything. Um, so no, Sammy, hang on, coach had a good line coming out though to shut Cole's butt up, didn't he? Did you hear that? No, which one? He's like, and Cole's like, oh, we're interrupted by Jonathan Coachman. And he's like, yeah, the guy who went out there and made a name for himself and came back just to get interrupted. 
So I know the feeling. <laughs> Meaning you can get opportunities to talk, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Sammy got, let's see, well, actually, what, how did this end? Sammy walked out of the ring and then went back in. Uh, but yeah, he faced off with the legends that were there. Helms, Angle, Slaughter, and RVD. Uh, Ray hit him with the 619 and then paid tribute to RVD by hitting Sammy with the five-star frog splash for the pin and the win. Um, I could see where Ray would lure some people back in, just lapsed fans that would see that Ray is still wrestling. I could see where that would bring some people back. Hmm. I don't know if I, I, I don't like Sammy Zayn losing. I don't either, but Ray though does have oh, a strong fan. But you think a person who used to watch wrestling would be like, "Oh, Ray still wrestling? I'm going to sit through a three-hour show every week just to see Ray wrestle again." Guys, <laughs> you, you don't you have no clue how many laps fans I talk to about AEW, and when they hear that Chris Jericho is one of the top guys, that makes them interested. You compare him to Rey Mysterio? Not does well. Ray, well, yeah, I'm saying kinda. Uh, well, to your point, it's like what Ray did. Did he do yeah. something that the people tuning in would be like, oh, wow, I need to tune in next week? It was just Ray winning a match. Um, you know, with Jericho, they did this hot angle, you know, yeah. in, in New Japan that he did with Omega. And uh, in AEW, I thought I thought they it was a big fail on the last pay-per-view or their last show at Fight for the Fallen that they didn't elevate Paige more to Jericho's level uh, because yeah. – I thought Fight for the Fallen kind of had the same effect. They didn't uh, raise uh, raise Page, who who needed the needed it the most going into his match with Jericho. But anyway, that's going back to um, back to that. I, I don't know about you guys. So I, I live in an area, and I grew up and went to school with uh, you know a big portion of uh, Latino kids or Latinx right. is the correct term. And to them, Ray is. At the sure. highest level, especially because he was portrayed so seriously and like a, a superstar, like a superhero in uh, WCW, WWE. So, no, I think for, for a portion of the fan base, he does have a huge draw that pulls people in. Sure. Right. Pulls yeah. Other people. yeah, but but do an angle yeah. with him then. Have Andrade yeah. come in, sneak attack and beat the crap out of him and say he's going to retire him uh, at SummerSlam. You set up a retirement. You know, do something where you're hooking in these fans to want to continue watching next week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just listen to the reaction. That's what I do. I listen to their music and I listen to the fans. Ray is not get the reaction he normally used to get. Yeah, and part of it is how they treat him. Like he was definitely he was squashed I, by Lashley just a couple of weeks ago when he came back. He I, came back, issued an open challenge, and just gets the shit kicked out of him. I agree. Day one, they booked him wrong when coming back. Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird though? Like, I mean, just thinking about this for a second with the legends, it's like with some of them. Um, if you if you don't come back to full time duty, you get mm -hmm. to come in, do these appearances, and be the superstar. But if you want to come back and really grind it out there, which I don't get, yeah, I don't yeah. know why they got Ray for like a year. Like he's older. Like guys, use him while you can. Get the most out of him while you can. Still book him as a top guy or towards the top guy at least. Yeah, have a plan. You know, earlier this year it looked like they were going somewhere with him and Andrade, and then it just faded away. But he doesn't have to do that. Ray Mysterio is loaded. Yeah, I mean, he got paid, Ray Mysterio. You know what I mean? He has a lot of outside interests as well, and in, in investments. He's a very smart man with his money, and he doesn't need to come back. He come back and wanted to wrestle again, you know, and see if he could push his body into doing it. And he looks like for where he's at. He, he looks amazing, he, and he wants to do it. He wants to hit that everyday grind, every week grind. You reward that. He doesn't need to be back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the indies, 
he was making a lot of money per appearance. Uh, and he's making a lot of money in WWE, but That's why true. not use him? Then? I yeah. mean, use him, you know, you could have a crazy feud with him and Ricochet, a baby face right. versus baby face. Uh, you know, the that generation Ricochet idolizes Mysterio, almost like they did with Jericho and Shawn Michaels. Something along those yeah. lines. With those that guys. would be cool with Ricochet. The yeah. thing is, when he left WWE the first time, he was good. Yeah. He, he yeah. was set for life. He never needed to work again. He needed to work in these. Yeah. Um, Ric Flair showed up backstage in a limousine. We saw the Street Profits backstage. Uh, Angelo Dawkins talking about he was hanging out with RVD and then putting in eye drops after. Yeah. Enjoyed that. Um, we saw the Godfather backstage. Uh, and then Alundra Blaze. WWE 24 champion, 24-7 champion, Alundra Blaze, came out to the announce table, grabbed a trash can, but before she could put the 24-7 title in it, Ted DiBiase came out, offered to buy it off of her because everyone has a price, pulled out a bunch of very fake-looking money, traded it with her, and then uh, he walked off with the championship. You know, and Matt, you were talking about um... – you're talking about, I forgot what moment you talked about earlier when you were saying from your childhood that, uh, but from my childhood, one of the things I, I remember the most, one of the most memorable angles was Ted DiBiase buying the WWE championship uh, from Andre the Giant after he beat Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. And I just thought all these guys' appearances tonight just made them look like less of a star than I remember them. I remember them being these larger than life stars. And the more and more I'm seeing them on these shows, it just, uh, marginalizes them it, it does it warps their whatever the word is their 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 i don't know what the word is but it's like dr j i always heard my dad say that like, dr j needs to retire i remember him always saying that i never understood why and he always thought he played well past his prime and you had to see the declining years of dr j and it was sad um same thing when you see your legends that you grew up watching idolize them you got to see them like 20 years later you're like that's not what i remember i don't want to see i want to i want my memories of what i remember from my legends of wrestling back when i was a little kid i don't want that tainted yeah yeah that's how i felt with dibiase here i mean there was that moment when i was a kid that all that will forever be etched in my mind and then seeing him here and then when he's walking off he's like just get me the hell out of here as quickly as possible uh he said his lines and left and yeah it's tough. I mean, this segment was tough to watch. This is one. I would have been embarrassed if anyone else had been in the room. Even if a wrestling fan had been in the room and caught me watching that segment, I would have been embarrassed to be watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it on paper seeming like a good idea because you have these, you know, Alundra Blaze putting the belt in the trash is kind of an iconic moment from mm-hmm. WCW. Yeah. And then DiBiase buying the title, another iconic moment. But in execution, it, it did not work. If you listen, the crowd did react to her mm-hmm. with out them being cued in as to what she was doing or what this, you know, the symbolicness of this meant, the symbolism of this meant. They all were, they all, I thought they reacted really much louder than I expected them to when she grabbed it and put it over it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and most of these people haven't been around in you know, right. decades on TV. So they're right. rusty as hell. I'm sure if they had a, a, just a little bit of practice, because Lundra Blaze, Medusa, is a great personality. If she just had time to like, work on our character you know just get back into it would be one thing but coming out cold dibiase too obviously it was a great super great promo back in the day but i thought out cold, was, his laugh was spot on that's all i ever cared about yeah. was his menacing laugh at the end he always wanted to see him get punched in the mouth for it yeah but he had he had that just that cocky delivery and you know the yeah, yeah. i mean he he was great but yeah 
Um, okay, so here we go to what I think, to me, this was the most controversial segment of the night with all of that, which was AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins. AJ coming out with the club. Seth coming out, flanked by DX, uh, HBK, and Triple H. And uh, yeah, wouldn't you know it, before uh, before long, we also had Road Dog come out there. We had uh, Hall and Nash. We had X-Pac joining them. And then... Uh, yeah, I mean, there was very little wrestling that happened before uh, this turned into a face-off with DX just burying the club um, and them just walking off, even with AJ talking shit, right? Like, oh, I know where NXT is. I'm going to find you, all that stuff. I mean, this this was lame, right? To have the, the club be rebranded the OC. They said it a million times on commentary tonight. We got the new logo, the new merchandise. They came out to this match, and then the old guys just made them look like, like uh, schlubs. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I said it earlier. It would have been way more effective. You don't want uh, the legends getting their ass kicked in every segment, but this one segment, if you had DX get beaten down hard by the club, it would have been super effective. It would have gotten the club over, and you would have remembered it. Um, that no. being said, I thought AJ with Sean, I felt like AJ did the best he could there, like as far as not looking like a wuss walking off and, you know, telling Sean he knows where NXT is and he'll come after him. So, yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing that is this way it should have gone. You're wrong. They should have whipped the living hell. Every heel on that show should have put a beat the brakes off of every single legend that came out and had anything to do with any of their segments backstage in the ring in the bathroom, parking lot, I don't care where the hell it was. Every legend should have gotten waxed by every heel in that company to only to have a baby face that, like Rey Mysterio did earlier. Take up for those legends, and now you have the match between two younger, fresher talents, and you do something. That's using these guys as a rub. You put, you get color on DX, for example, or something like that. They, yeah. Can they do that now because they're supposedly going back to not being PG? No, they can't. But still, that you can still have a violent beatdown, and and then yeah, to your point, you have Ricochet and maybe a couple other guys run down and make the save. But 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 like even in other segments too, I, I don't know. Yeah, I just think it loses its effectiveness when you do it too many times. But no, I, I they're legends. That's why you have them there. They're legends. That is what makes it different. It's not the same thing. Million Dollar Man getting his ass kicked. It's not the same thing as Cedric Slaughter getting his ass kicked, or. You know, Stone Cold getting his ass kicked or Hogan getting his ass kicked or Ric Flair getting his ass kicked. It's like, wow, they weren't lying when they told us this is the best wrestling roster WWE's ever had. They weren't playing. Look at this. They just whipped the Attitude's ass. Attitude mm-hmm. ass. Yeah. No, I, I definitely thought they should have done it. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear your point. Uh, at least, I mean, Hogan. they did it with Foley. But Ho- Foley, Foley, Foley gets he, it. I guarantee you he fought for that. I guarantee there's something to that effect. He's such a good – he gets it. Mick, Hogan, Flair, um, Stone Cold. I said Flair already. DX. Uh, NWO, DX, every one of them should have gotten – they should have gotten their asses handed to them by somebody on this show. My opinion. You want to get over everyone keep asking about the Attitude Era? Here was your chance. Yeah. Yeah. That was a wasted opportunity for sure. I don't know why they have the reverence for these guys. Uh, the I don't way they... get it either. They're not coming back. No. Although DX is I mean, been... reverence, yes, because these guys were, I mean, mega superstars. No, no, no. But in other booking, and maybe this is where Triple H, maybe this is the difference with Triple H being involved in creative. He's not going to book him and all his buddies to be buried at the hands of younger talent. I don't think 
he can let go of that ego. As uh, he had nothing to do with tonight's show. You don't think he has any input whatsoever in a DX segment? I think he would have made Hogan do it. I think he would have made the others do it that he wasn't as friendly with over the years. Yeah, maybe. If you're if you're pointing fingers at him that way, I'm saying if he's that small of a guy, which I don't think he is. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, is Vince is Vince that has the reference for these guys? Yep. We've, and yep. we've seen yes. so much of DX this year. DX. All those guys should just be on the active roster. We've seen them so much. They work there as well, remember? I know. Maybe that's part of it. But then even more so, Matt, to your point, because they work there, they should be even more wanting to for it. Maybe they are. Maybe Xbox is saying, what are we doing? Why are we not getting our asses kicked? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Altman doesn't work there. Um, But he works for NXT. I thought he comes in. He's been doing stuff at the Performance Center. But he doesn't doesn't have an official title. Like Road Dog does, um, Hurricane. the Sean Michaels. Sean Michaels, yep. Yeah. Uh, if Billy Gunn had been there, they probably would have let him get his ass kicked just on <laughs> yeah. principle. Yeah, I'm saying, you know, and I got to say this with DX too. I'm just sick of the DX reunions. They do it every time. We've seen it. It feels like we've seen it a thousand times now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jerry Lawler, I will say this. I thought Jerry Lawler was good on commentary. Um, it was clear he has no idea what's going on as far as the product goes, but he's still way more entertaining than than the guys they have on commentary now. He did seem mentally present, but yeah, not. Jerry Lawler really. is one of the best promos of all time. You know that, right? He's been saying, top ten promo in the business. If you ask any like old school wrestler, they make and they make you do a report and things like that. At least when we used to work at OVW, make you do a report and things like that on all the, the top one hundred wrestlers. Tom Bridger made us do that. And everybody and their mother would tell you to watch Jerry Lawler promos, not just Stone Cold, not just Hogan, not just the guys that I coming in didn't know any better, thought were just automatically the best promos. Oh, he's yeah. definitely a legend. I just think when Great he comes talk. back, um, it, but it shows he's not as, you know, like how JR, some, like at the start of AEW, you could tell with JR, really was doing his homework to figure out what was going on. Like um, Lawler doesn't. Yeah invest as much because he's doing these one-offs so he's not going to know well i think but he but he can just wing it and and yeah he's still more entertaining than most of you know commentators that are out there yep yeah uh ted dibiase got attacked in his limo drake maverick won the championship back Mm -hmm. um and then he got chased then we got Mick Foley out in the ring talking about SummerSlam, talking about the uh 24-7 title as the chase came through and then uh yeah, Bray Wyatt, the fiend, came in, beat the crap out of Mick, did the mandible claw to him, and uh, Raw went to commercial with Wyatt laughing. That was good. Great stuff. Loved it. Yep. I stand tall, I mean. I think this was the first time in years uh, that they used a legend to get a young talent over. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moment of bliss. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Out uh, with yeah. Becky Lynch talking about SummerSlam. Natalia came out. They got into it a bit. I liked Becky bringing up that Natalia trained Ronda Rousey for uh, her fight against Becky at Mania. Yeah, that was me too. It's good. I mean, they're trying with this, right? They're really trying to build a story here. Where there was two weeks ago, we would have said there's no story to be told between Natalia and Becky. Right, right. Yeah, they're trying. I'll, I'll agree. Yeah. Uh, they were really hyping this toast that happened at the end of the night with Flair, Austin, Hogan, and Michaels. But 
first we got a uh, Drake Maverick who then our truth attacked him in the limo drove off with the 24 seven title and Drake Maverick's wife, Renee mm-hmm. uh, Carmelo was left with Drake. Mm-hmm. Then we got Braun Strowman versus Randy Rowe, a local enhancement talent. And it was back to the old Braun, just tossing jobbers around the ring. I don't know about this. Did, did, did they have extra time? I this don't see <laughs> placing. Was this advertised earlier? No. Yeah, this felt like the show had, um, went quicker than they expected, and they needed to fill time, which I'm surprised they didn't let Hogan and Flair talk more, um, knowing that, versus just letting Braun go out there and destroy somebody. That's very weird to put that squash match as your last in-ring action. The only thing I could think of is they thought there might be new fans tuning in um, that normally don't watch the product who might not be familiar with Strowman, and they wanted to show this big, impressive specimen on this show and just a, a showcase. That's the only thing I could think. Otherwise, it was completely random to have this on there. Mm, that's what I say. you got to be ready. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'm sure we'll hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think to that point, uh, it was good for that. I mean, Braun is definitely someone I think that could have uh, an intrigue factor with lapsed fans tuning in tonight. Uh, Braun stood tall at that match after tossing Randy Rowe around the ring a couple times. And then... Hang on. Here's another reason why that's not true. Okay, uh, because they would have had AJ and, and, and what's-his-name close that out. There's no way they would have... I'm telling you. They would rather have eyeballs be on Seth Rollins any day of the week than Braun Strowman hmm. and get the run from the older guys. There's not even a question about that. We already know that. It should be Braun, but we know better. I'm telling you, they ran out of time, and I'll bet you we find that out. Well, they had they had Alexa before this and after AJ. I mean, it, wasn't, had- it wasn't an in-ring match. What are you talking about? I'm talking about in-ring action. I guarantee you we're going to hear this as to why that match was there. That was very, very awkwardly placed. Hmm. I don't think they would have brought that job guy in for no reason. I mean, There's a whole locker room full yeah. of people. Yeah, but uh, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this was part of the, the show. Somebody send us a run sheet. Here's the part where I tell you I worked there. You didn't. I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> All right. We'll see. And Matt Morgan only plays that card like once a year on this podcast. Never. No, I've never said those words. It's my first time I've ever said those words. Okay. I've I've seen many a raw script over the last decade, and I don't can't seen see the match close out an anniversary show versus the heavy the unit the basically they're the the it guy, aka either Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins, when the eye, most eyeballs are gonna be on that TV set for the first time drawing old viewers in. Braun Strowman is not at the top of their list of guys that they want to, to have those fans see. You know I'm right. They I have not heard one time in the last at they least want ten years where they've added a match beat for time as opposed to they they've cut many 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 times but adding one that when you have a show full of old people you're not going to win this argument Raj so get get, get all right we'll get a writer on tomorrow and see <laughs> okay guarantee you that's what this is going to be all right and it has happened what are you talking about when name one time there have been it hasn't how do you know. What are you, the, damn show? I used to, we used to get scripts all the time for the shows, but yeah, never has there been a time cool. that I, I can recall. Smart guy. You tell me in the last time a squash match was the main event of the show of this magnitude. That's an anniversary show, Raj. Uh, I mean, there's been three uh, anniversary shows and the main event is the segment. There have been lots of times when the last match is something that's not Grown main event quality. When you have a big segment closing off the show. 
I'm just telling you. Very awkwardly placed. Didn't make uh, sense to throw it in there. And if your, 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 your reasoning and your rationale was to have all these attitude era viewers that, by the way, weren't watching this show, I'll predict that as well, okay? But their hopes that they were watching this show is not to get eyeballs on Braun Strowman, is to get eyeballs on Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns. It would have been the AJ Styles DX segment. That was... Was that even in the third hour? I think that was the end of the second. That's what I'm trying to say. No, it. Anyway, all right, let's move on. This is this this is going to be the highest rated Raw probably since Raw 25. So yes, there are a lot of Attitude Era fans that will be tuning into this. No, it's our own fans, like my wife watching the show, and um, we'll see. It definitely going to get a good number. There's no question. Oh, but yeah. To sit there, how are you going to be able to, to, to determine? Oh, yeah, those are Attitude Era viewers that came out to watch. How are you going to determine that? Because well, there aren't enough viewers today to make up that gap of what this is probably going to do. We don't watch it. If I didn't do this show, I'm not watching. I'm still a huge wrestling fan. They just don't do enough to make me watch the show. It's true. In terms of nostalgia, I think I could have spent three hours doing something else tonight and been more satisfied. Guys my age in the gym, same thing. They, they uh, were going to tune in tonight because, you know, Stone Cold's on for sure. And they would watch wrestling today if it was entertaining to what, I don't know. No, I was telling Raj Sophie when, when I got my haircut today, the girls that were talking about Raw Reunion tonight. And the one over her, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to tune in. It's going to have Stone Cold. Like, people hear those names, they tune in for that. They probably know Stone Cold from the Attitude Era. Right, but... You know, do you think part of it, though, is the idea that if you were a kid and you knew it was there, even if you weren't watching at the time, like the legend of it, you feel like it's something you you grew up with, even if you weren't materially participating at the time? What do you mean? Like you were too young when like Stone Cold was around? Kind of. Well, think about it like music wise, you know, I mean, don't you ever feel like music that, you know, you're a fan of that you've always liked and you maybe have a memory of it, but like mm-hmm. everyone loved Thriller when we were kids, but you weren't like the most <laughs> hardcore Michael Jackson fan who knew all about the Jackson five off the wall, all the deep album cuts. You didn't know about that when Thriller was at the top of the charts, but now you look back on it and you feel like Michael Jackson music has always been a part of your life. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm saying, I would yeah. use Michael Jackson marks on the wrong one to ask. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's some kind. Of, sometimes you like absorb. You feel like it's part of your era, part of your childhood. You know, you rep it. You're interested in it, even if it wasn't something you were actively watching at the time. Um, but the final segment tonight, we had Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. Uh, they both said some words. Austin came out into the ring. Uh, How much did Flair talk? I don't think he said anything on this whole show. And that's what I was saying earlier. I was like, if they if they had extra time, why don't they let that Flair talk? I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Austin was out there telling uh, just kind of kind of basic promo, getting a lot of the what's, talking about uh, spending the day with Hogan, recording a podcast, drinking beer, and eating sushi. Um, just talked about going to the bar with Flair, drinking beers, telling, uh, listening to stories. Talked about Ron Simmons having a damn moment in the hotel elevator and uh, then sharing beers with everyone. And it seemed like they were ready to go off the air. And then Austin ha- asked how much time they had left. <laughs> And they just start launching into this other story. What were the specifics of it again? You didn't, uh, you didn't like uh, his story about what's his name? Breaking laws. What was it? Yeah. Gerald Briscoe. Briscoe they were <laughs> South Africa were doing something illegal. And I'm thinking, what were they doing illegal? Like human trafficking? Were they like, committing treason? Were they selling weapons to refugees? I mean, what was 
What were they doing? Well, all I know is I hope he recorded a podcast with Briscoe because I think everybody wants to know what the rest of that story <laughs> is. Everything I'm telling you. <laughs> if you go back and look at those photos and everything, like he's randomly in the back. He's in everything. Yeah. Yeah, like that that tour bus photo with uh, <laughs> Taker and all those guys. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I was watching my wife. was like, oh, God. Before Stone Cold talked, I remember when they were all up on the stage and Hogan was talking. I was like, ah, oh, this is uncomfortable. He's <laughs> like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, ah, some of these guys are my favorite wrestlers. You know what I mean? I don't want to see them like this. This sucks. I don't know what it was. And then Austin comes out and everyone's like cheering for him. And he just like cuts a line right through the middle of him. You know, he stares people down as he walks past him. Watch, go back and watch how he like mean mugs RVD as he walked right this stone cold walk where he swaggers and moves his head. It was awesome. Just awesome. Yeah. He, he, even though that time, you know, was a minute where he's like, we still got a minute 10 left on the air. He can pull it off somehow. Yeah. There was nothing weird about him in anything he said, I thought. Except I was, were, you know, I don't know what you guys, were you guys like overly thinking? Probably like, I don't know, I was. Is he going to do the what's? Is he going to succumb to the what's? Because he was trying to fight it there for a while. He did a very good job of talking fast and not letting them get their what's in. And he just about dissuaded them. And then he started doing it. But yeah. Were- yeah, he like succumbed to it. He's like, well, this is what they want. Might as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how, you, how do you guys feel about that, by the way? Do you guys feel like when they're doing that, is that disrespectful, do you think? Yeah, but he came up with it, though. So, I mean, with him, it's probably as respectful as it gets. Yeah, I think it's annoying when they do it to current talent when they're cutting a promo. Um, I hate it. Oh, God, I hated it. Yeah. But when Austin, when Austin first started doing it, it was hilarious. Uh, but, yeah. Now it's, and it was loud tonight. Those watch were freaking loud tonight, I thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, again. There's a difference right there. We always go back, Raj, between Stone Cold and Rock. And like, oh, would they do this to Rock? Would the Rock do this? Or would Stone Cold be booked like this? They're right there. There's a difference between having a minute and change left on a show and ha- still being able to look cool as the coolest guy in the ring, closing the show a minute 10 off the script still, and making it look like a main eventer would versus today's guys that would shit their pants. Hmm. And Austin, too, with his look and everything, he still looks like he's in great shape. He doesn't look old. Yeah, he looks like he kicked somebody's ass. Yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, he looked fantastic. He didn't really say anything when he was out there, and he was more entertaining than anyone on the mic on the show in a long time. No question, dude. One thing to look for when you see some people, and I, I noticed this on myself even, maybe it was nerves, but when you haven't been in the ring in a while and a guy goes to take the second turnbuckle and do the gimmick to the crowd and pose or whatever it is that they do, Watch if you see that shake second rope shake, and it's mm. it's, it's it's nerves in the legs. Yeah, when I went back to Impact, dude, that it was shaking like crazy, and I don't know why. I was like, I'm in the best shape, probably versus before I left. I was like 20 pounds lighter. This doesn't make sense. I was like, I wonder if it's nerves. And then um, one of the older wrestlers was telling me, "No, you're just getting old," and um, and I've been watching ever since. And I was like, Stone Cold doesn't do that, so he is in great shape. They, they, those ropes didn't move when he was standing on them. Yeah, I was gonna. I was just about to ask. Do you think it might, like, when you stand on those ropes, do, does it take a little bit to get used to it? Like at the gym, if you ever use those TRX cables, if you haven't used them for a while and you're you're using them, it, it takes a while to yeah. stabilize on them. I don't know if the ropes are kind of the same way. Where it yes, does. yes, yeah, and I'm big and goofy, but 
that probably has something to do with it too. But like I was watching him, I was like, damn, he's in all. He really looks in good shape, and he is. Yeah, he yeah. looks like he could take most of the roster. I mean, don't watch. <laughs> we'll go back and watch his entrance, guys. I'm sorry, he's the biggest badass on this, like on that show. I thought the way he walked out. Yeah, yeah that dude's so over. <laughs> and part of it, I, I just don't think they've built the current roster to go head to head with that. You know, it's like the because same thing that happened. Back, though, don't you think? Like, like back yeah. in his day, all you hear Stone Cold saying his podcast, like, why aren't you saying anything? What are you saying to the writers? Are you challenging them? Sometimes, guess what? You just got to take a chance out there. And when I was there, we couldn't do that. When I did that, you would be fired. Okay. Yeah. Today they were so desperate for getting these young stars over. I, I don't know if they'd be fired as much if they were to hit a home run with taking a risk at something that wasn't scripted and it becomes that home run. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's tough, man. This is like the same thing that happened at, uh, what was it? WrestleMania 32 in Dallas, like where New Day were the hosts. They had that match uh, against the League of Nations and then Stone Cold Mick, those guys came out and all hit their finishers on all the young guys and just made them look like nothing. Like they were the stars and the guys you just watched didn't mean shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, to the point about uh, the new guys and, and having freedom, you remember that time when Cass beat up the the little person, you know, after their segment, and then he got fired. Wait, wait, who did? Big Cass. Oh, yeah. he, had, he had done that. Okay, when taking <laughs> her own hand to go back. Yeah. yeah. Now, now think about that. Could you imagine if Big Cass beat the shit out of Hulk Hogan? Like, <laughs> oh my God, that's so worth getting fired over. Right. You'd be a legend. You would be a legend. Yeah. It's true. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. WWE would have came crawling back to cast six months later. How come nobody's done that before? Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> just like, screw it. Just my opportunity. Matt, you need to get invited to the SmackDown reunion oh, on Fox. Rogue. <laughs> yeah. And then just take out The Rock or some shit like that. Uh, you know? I mean, Hogan has no choice but to sell it. I mean, you can do it to Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> you could just be like, new script, brother, you know, and just, yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was kind of hoping Brock would come out and do another one of those parties yeah. over grandpa lines, that but anyway, I thought, you know, back to the, my original point, it, uh, this is going to be the highest rate of raw this year, but did it get laps fans wanting to tune in again or get new people hooked on the product? I didn't think this show tonight did that. Wow. So to me, I think that's a big failure to put it all, get all those stars on the show and not, uh, put that forward to uh, the product going forward. Well, these guys, yeah, in a more positive light that they're better. They're stronger, fat, whatever the, the gimmick is, they're better, right? Yeah. The only way to show that is they got to be beating them or, yeah. you know, jabroning them in promos. We'll get the last word in a promo. I'll talk somebody. I'll wrestle them. I'll beat, you know, beat them, pin them, jump them backstage, whatever. I mean, yeah. that's many to choose from. I bet. I mean, they came in and kicked ass. Wait, hang on. They came in and kicked ass. Think about the 24-7 title, for instance. Yeah. Think about it. These legends came in and kicked the crap out of this roster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what was there seven? Was it did somebody say there was seven? Seven or eight tonight. Um <laughs> for the 24-7. Um but Drake Maverick, actually I think Drake Maverick got the most airtime tonight of the current roster. Okay, I'm all in favor of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of the 24-7 uh, segments tonight, but you know, again, back to what we were saying, Ricochet is probably the most impressive as far as flips and stuff go athlete on the roster. This would have been a good night to do, even, no matter how short it is. Have him showcase yep. a couple things to yeah. uh, just show what he can do. Yes. 
Uh, they were promoting tonight. Uh, do we even need to give tonight a grade? Do we need to give it a, a final score? Wait, really quick. This, this, so you think this ratings, like his hysterionic wise, I'm asking you this, Raj. The the ratings tonight will be better than the Monday after WrestleManias. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be better uh, than this Monday. The this past WrestleManias post Raw. Uh, I'm pretty sure it, it, this the WrestleMania the post Raw WrestleMania this year didn't even crack three million for the overall number. It was close. It was like two point nine, but Raw has not cracked three million viewers this year, and I'm pretty sure this show will do it. Man, that's a shame. It's fallen. I mean, Raw ratings have fallen a lot. The investor call is coming up this Thursday, and there there's a variety. There's the top entertainment yeah. source uh, in the world. Uh, or at least in the U.S., but um, they had a big article today about Vince needing to stop making excuses about the declining business and really address it. And uh, so it's out there, like hmm. in the mainstream. And really? PR had a thing on it over the weekend. Um, so yeah, wow. the, the business woes are, you know, really starting to get out there in the, in the public domain. Whereas up until now, you've just been hearing about the revenue, which you know is inflated with the television deals in Saudi Arabia, and now people are starting to look and see that the popularity has been taking a hit. They're calling Saudi Arabia stuff. They're getting paid huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the stock uh, is down at sixty nine dollars, so it's uh, not at its lowest in the last couple of years, but it's uh, definitely it's, it's down. What like? Uh... It's down from a hundred from April, oh, yeah. that it hit in April. So it's a pretty, what is that? Like 30%. Yeah. It's pretty steep. Um, stock wise. So they were promoting tonight. Smackville happening this Saturday from Nashville on the WWE network. I didn't see that. Yeah. It's a SmackDown house show. It's gonna have a triple threat for the U S title. Um, it's gonna have Elias performing. All I keep thinking is Smackville sounds like uh, another way to refer to like, you know, where the homeless drug addicts live. Not a good name for a, a special. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is basically like they did with, uh, what was it, uh, Starcade last year. Uh, it's a house show that they're showing a few matches for to get the uh, the streaming numbers. Not the, the new subscribers, but the, the minutes watched uh, up pretty much. Yep. But yeah, it's a pointless, pointless, pointless show. But yeah, Kofi against Dolph and uh, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Uh, Seth Rollins commented on AEW. Yeah. So, um, so first off, with AEW, they teased today that there are uh, big announcements with TNT coming up, which most likely that means their uh, television date, you know, their debut date, and which night they'll be airing. Um, it's believed that they'll be airing Wednesday night starting October 2nd. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's a big thing there. As for Seth Rollins, let me get his exact quote. So also the TV viewership expectations for the debut show from industry insiders, according to the Wrestling Observer, is that they're expecting 400 to 500,000 viewers. To me, that sounded... Oh, what do you think, Matt? That sounds low to me, just because TNA, for their first episode, did like over 800,000. Granted, that was... 14 years ago and the television right. landscape has changed and they were, they had weekly TV before that on Fox sports, but um, is it four to 400,000, 500,000? Does that sound about right to you? Yeah. A little, little bit low, but, but close enough. Yeah. Uh, TNT right now, they average 1.3 million in prime time, obviously for AEW. I mean, you know, they, they have time to build those numbers, but it, you know, yeah. TNT is a, a, a strong network. Oh, 
Uh, for Rollins, he was asked about AEW. Um, he said, we're going to knock them dead just like we do everyone else. Um, and yeah, and the, the, the next big thing is it looks like NXT will be going head-to-head with AEW, or that's a, a very likely possibility uh, starting in the fall. On F- so NXT would be on FS1, AEW on TNT. Hmm. NXT has the stuff. Um, I just don't know if they do right now. What do you guys? What's your opinion on that? Well, NXT, their day, the one show that they did on USA, uh, they did eight hundred and something thousand viewers for that one on that WWE week. Who, um, who was it on NXT at the time? Oh man, that was two thousand seventeen, the December two thousand seventeen. Okay. So who would that have been? Nakamura. Probably oh. Nakamura and Joe. Oh, okay, well, um, you had Wickaz and Enzo, maybe. <laughs> no. Dude, they were over at NXT. Come on, oh, yeah, yeah they but, were they were, they, but they were out like in 2015 or 2016. They left yeah. NXT. So. Yeah, it's hard to keep track, but yeah, that episode did 841,000 viewers. Obviously, that's on USA, so it's a lot stronger network than FS1 w- would be. But yeah. is um, NXT going to be live though? Well, that's the thing. That's the big question. And all, it was also in the Observer that they would be using main roster stars on NXT. So I think <laughs> by doing that, that means it probably is going to be live. I mean, if it's FS1, they want it to be treated like a sport since it's a sports network. Uh, they'd probably want it live. And I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if they moved to two hours as well, two hours live every week. Um, I mean, if they got paid enough. So if, if that's the case, then now we're looking at three hours live of Raw two hours live of AEW, two hours live of NXT, and then two hours live of SmackDown. So that's a lot of freaking TV this fall. Wow. It's just got to get better. I mean, do you think Vince is going to get involved in NXT now and ruin that? (laughs) If they get a big money TV deal, um, I'm sure his fingerprints will be on it. I'm, he'll be definitely be paying a lot more attention to it, especially if it's opposing AEW head to head, and if AEW is even close to him in the ratings. Can, can I just ask a basic question? With, with the success Hunter had with NXT, okay, what in the hell did I miss? Where, like, Vince didn't just say, "Cool, you've got it." Like, like, do what you're doing with NXT on Raw and SmackDown. Um, and I'm going to get out of the way and I'm still going to take the credit though. You're not going to get credit for this hunter. I'm going to get credit for it. <laughs> like, why would you not do that? Cause I, that doesn't seem like the Vince McMahon we hear these stories about. I think he's one of those guys that it has to succeed because he made it succeed or he feels he made it succeed. Not that it was someone else. I think even that, even if he was the only person that knew, if he was the he only person in the universe that knew that would drive him crazy. I think. Yeah. It's a shame. Because I don't get what I missed there because Heyman, Bischoff coming in, like, I don't know how anybody sees it any other way than a smack to the face of Hunter. I don't get that. I I think a lot of people were surprised. I think, yeah, I mean, that was the first question I was asking. I was biggest fan, obviously, as a wrestler, but but with, you know, what he's done for NXT is like, holy crap, like, does love the business he does want it to move forward he sees the need for it to move forward and he's put he's bringing all these guys in here that i've always wanted to see what could they do in wwe and he's bringing them all in one by one by one by one and it was exciting and that was the only thing i could come up with is maybe because there's the good chance that nxt will be going to fs1 he wants triple h 
in charge of that to like, you know, be more aggressive with it to get that more mainstream on a national platform. So, I mean, that maybe that was it. I don't know. Hmm. Or do you think and this sounds horrible, but do you think it's as bad as, well, he's family, he's not going anywhere. So it, when Heyman and Bischoff, it doesn't work out for them. It, it definitely is. I mean, it's true. I mean, you know, it, like know. take a real big gamble, and if that doesn't work, you can always go back to to family. Yeah. Damn. Now, I thought he think- was on the path for sure. But you know, so Raj, what have you heard about these reports that Bischoff isn't going to creatively be running SmackDown, but dealing more with the Fox Network side of things? Bischoff says that none of that is true. He says gotcha. he's starting this week. Um, this was always supposed to be his official start week. He was just there at WWE Studios last week as kind of an introduction orientation. And, uh, you know, Bischoff's not a big fan of Dave Meltzer, so I think he was kind of calling <laughs> Dave out. But uh, yeah, really tore into reports that of what his role is saying that uh, people don't know what he's going to be doing and what's out there is not right. So and we'll see. Crapped all over him too. I, I, I listened to that. I don't listen to it ever, but again, whatever comes up on my YouTube, it comes up on my YouTube. And that came up the audio clip of them just like burying him. Who, like, who, who uh, Bischoff burying Dave? Dave burying Bischoff before yeah. like a, the announcement was made going, Oh, he's been away from the product from too long. Okay. Maybe, but, still get you know they were yeah. little, i thought i don't know yeah yeah no i i, I agree you can tell there's bad blood there yeah like they hate him it felt like it was like good lord <laughs> um like, exciting. don't ruin this for me dave <laughs> cm punk is going to be at starcast in chicago do you see yeah. how they're advertised aew though with it like in every clip i've seen of that there's like a little tiny aew question mark sign <laughs> Does this mean he's a part of AEW? Well, I think those are. I, I'm. I think those are the fan made uh, video clips. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Conrad Thompson goes out of his way uh, to to talk about how Starcast is not affiliated with AEW, even yeah. though they're clearly uh, they're clearly friends. I mean, it, it always takes place on AEW weekend. Um, Seems like the cool. Last year. Seems like an awesome event to go to. I wasn't invited. Do you, do you want an introduction, Matt? I know some people there. <laughs> By you guys. Didn't you guys have a show there? Oh, we did. Yeah, but no, you could go on your own, dude. Like, like we did a little panel for the podcast, but you could legit go and sign and yeah. take well, photos. Just, and... just show up and trip and slip on a banana. Be like, oh, hey, I'm on the Wrestling Inc. podcast here. At, uh... <laughs> I mean, you want a media badge, Raj can get you on the list, you know, if you want to go as media. But I think you should go as, as Matt freaking as, Morgan. Yeah, as a, a meet and greet. I mean. What's that? do our show to do this show I, I, Raj isn't going to Chicago unfortunately. I well they're not going to be doing the the podcast row this time yeah no so, yeah but why, uh, why not it was a good idea I, 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 uh, it was at two different hotels like there were some logistical issues in Vegas that I think made it difficult to get to like some of the panels were in one hotel the other was in a hotel that was further away it was just kind of weird I think one hotel is going to serve it better yeah, it was great wrestling all weekend long. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. You get to see, you know. Well, we should definitely talk about doing a live podcast uh, in Mania. Florida. Yeah, during Mania, because they're going to be yeah. in uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah, we have to. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think that makes a world of sense. Um, yeah. So CM Punk is going to be there. 
He's doing a panel where he's talking, and he's also doing meet and greets. Yeah, a one-on-one interview and uh, the meet and greets. And yeah, he 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 said he does these once a year. A lot of people speculating if he's going to be at All Out now. I, I think if he's doing Starcast, he probably wouldn't. He's probably not doing All Out because I think you'd want that big surprise. If if, if it's going to be a big surprise, you wouldn't want to be announced for Starcast. You know what I mean? What does it take to make him go to AEW? Like they've got to be throwing tons of money his way. Well, I think even if they did get him, I would hold off on using him until the TV debut. Because like with Moxley, right? It's already been two months and the shine, I'm not saying. No, you're right. You're right. We were saying that because he is still hot. He's still red hot. But but you're right. The bloom's a little bit, you know. But he's been everywhere. He's in Japan. He's doing indies in Vegas. But just in general, with today's uh, with the internet society and everything, th- like fight for the fallen seems like that was months ago. <laughs> that was like a week and a half. Uh, things just mm-hmm. get, you know, kind of old quick. And so Punk making that appearance would have a gigantic effect if he did it at all out. But it would it kind of wear out by the time they got on TV. Whereas if they save that yeah. for that debut episode, I think that would you'd get the maximum impact there. Uh, but I, I don't know. Punk is one of those things. I, I was on Ryback's podcast again this week, and we were talking about that. And he was saying that regardless of, you know, how much money you get thrown at you, if you just don't feel like doing it and your heart's not into it, you know, why do you do it? And because the thought is always the best way Punk could get at Vince McMahon for, you know, he Punk feels that Vince, mm-hmm. you know, bankrolled that lawsuit by Dr. Amen against him. Yeah. The best way you could get at Vince would be to be a part of AEW and really help that promotion out. Yeah. But if your heart's not into it and you really don't like wrestling at all anymore, then you're just going to wear yourself out and not, you know, hurt the product as well. I don't time too, though. I mean, he's been away long enough to like he loved pro wrestling. That's all I ever heard. You know what I mean? Like yeah. super wrestling nerd and stuff, right? So like you would think it's been a lot of time for him to like. All right, I really miss this. Yeah, especially if I can call my own shots. Especially since. His other career is not, you know, his UFC career is not didn't take fire. So the one area where he could make the most impact is pro wrestling. Yes. I think I think he'll be an AEW by the end of the year. That's just my personal opinion. I hope so. I could see him maybe transition to announcing. Oh, he'd be a good announcer. But you mean for WWE? No, for For AEW. I think him and uh, JR would be better than uh, what's his face. Better than either of them, actually. I would worry, you guys, yeah. that the announcing would be so good at Punk taking shots at Jim Ross. Come on, be hilarious. That it might be more entertaining than some of the things going on in the ring. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just also think with Punk, it's, it just would feel like a waste to have him at the commentary booth instead of in. What the he's ring. doing now is a waste. Him and UFC is a complete waste. Okay, yeah, we'll take a half a step. I know what you're saying, but I'd much rather have him as a wrestler. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's all people would be asking. It's like. When's he going to get in the ring? When's he going to get in the ring? And I just want to see people uh, then comparing uh, CM Punk is following in Corey Graves' footsteps, which is an ironic twist of fate. Um, that is. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, Starcast is just a little over a month away. All Out is happening that weekend. We'll have complete coverage here on Wrestling Inc. Uh, anything else we didn't hit? No, SmackDown tomorrow night. Uh, Shawn Michaels will be on again doing commentary. And that, mm. that's they, they announced a couple other things for the show. I, I guess Kofi Kingston's picking his opponent for SummerSlam. Is that what they said? Which is yeah. Randy Orton. 
I mean, it's going to be Randy Orton, but it's just stupid that they have the champions pick their opponents. Have a match. Do something. Set up an angle. Earn it. There's supposed to be stakes. People get on a winning streak. People win X amount of matches. They beat X amount of higher-up talents. They get next in line. Like, what happened to all that? Right. Nope. He's going to be out tomorrow night with pancakes to pick his opponent. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be awesome. We'll be here to cover it live on the Wrestling Inc. podcast immediately when SmackDown goes off the air. Matt Morgan, anything to plug before we take it home? Matt is good at BP Matt Morgan, BP Matt Morgan on Twitter and Instagram. Raj, what's coming up on the website? Uh, gosh, I can't. Uh, usually, I mean, a ton of interviews again. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting who right now. It's been such a crazy day. But uh, but yes, yeah, just keep checking out the site. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein, where I greatly appreciate a follow, where I live tweet along with WWE programming. And we will catch you back here tomorrow night to talk about SmackDown Live, the first of the Eric Bischoff era. We'll catch you here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.